Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trena. No intro, no fooling around this week. Big show, because I've tried to get this guy for about two years for an interview. And not only do I have him, but he's kind enough to come into the studio. The legendary multimedia star, John Cena. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> introduction. Thank you very much. How well, about you're it? here to promote a, a children's book. Yes. You do movies. You do TV. Yeah. WWE superstar. Yeah. Reality shows. Mm-hmm. So you are a multimedia superstar. And you've, I, ra- you've rapped. Yeah, how about that? How about that? Yeah. A multimedia star. Thank you very much. Usually Howard Stern's the king of all media. Now we have John Cena. I am not vying for the spot on the king. I'm just, <laughs> just trying to keep a place in the squad. That's all. So, John, this is funny because I do, you know, if you listen to the SI Media podcast, we have WWE people on often, but John is not here through WWE. He's through, here to promote a book called The Random El- House, promoting elbow grease. Elbow grease. Yeah. How did you get into doing a children's book? Uh, it's a weird six degrees of separation to WWE, which is my entire existence. Everything kind of goes back to that nucleus. Um, so there's no denying those folks that uh, pay attention to WWE. My fan base is young. Uh, it's, it's usually family-based and, and uh, very young fans. And the message that I continuously drive home throughout uh, my story arc in WWE is, is one of hustle, loyalty, and respect, and one of never giving up. And also uh, kind of tossed into the mix are the words rise above hate as well. Um, so I wanted to be able to create a different universe that isn't WWE because sometimes 
and I don't know why because we are a PG company, but sometimes, uh, you know, I'll hear from parents. I just won't let my kid watch yet. So I wanted to create something for young readers. I'm talking readers, uh, I don't know, three to three to six, three to seven, mm-hmm. so they can enjoy the same aspirational conversation in a world that I loved as a kid. And I loved big machinery and I loved monster trucks. I had four brothers, Elbow Grease has four brothers. So it's kind of like a hodgepodge of the message I'm trying to send on WWE mixed with stuff that I enjoyed as a kid, kind of mixed with my upbringing. Right, so it is a picture book. Yeah. Give us a little, a very quick synopsis of what the parents out there can expect from the book, which is out today, by the way. Yes, so what's great about Elbow Grease, and this is what I think is the best thing that's going to be for young readers and parents reading to their children. It doesn't hit you over the head with a focused um, topic of discussion. Just naming the truck Elbow Grease instead (laughs) of hard work, because your young reader is going to ask you, hey, what's Elbow Grease? And you can come up with a conversation and a definition of what that is. Elbow grease's special quality is gumption. So asking, what's gumption? Like, you, you may even have to look that one up yourself. So it inspires conversation between uh, people reading and young readers. And there really isn't any one takeaway. It's in the book that Elbow Grease never gives up, which is a very important message. But he's different than all of his brothers. He gets bullied. Uh, he doesn't... Um, conform to the way that they want him to be. Like, it, there's a lot of cool messaging in there, and it's all really easy to read. Like I said, young readers, three to seven. So it's, it is a picture book, and it's set in a very wonderfully illustrated, imaginative world. But there's a lot, a lot of takeaways there that if you're a parent and you decide, I want to focus on this with my child, you can. So I, I think that's excellent. So how does it come about that you get a children's book? Is it through WWE? I mean... No, I was approached to write... Uh, an autobiography, and I don't want to do that. I'm not, do you not want to do that yet, or you uh, don't want to do that ever? I'm, I, I'm in the WWE way of doing business, sir. You never say never. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it wasn't. it's not time for me to do that yet. Right. Um, but I, I really did want to do something, and when breaking down the chain of supply and demand, like I said, the demand is from young people, and they seem to gravitate towards the message. So if I could do something that a company like Random House is asking me to do, we would like to do a book. And at the same time, send a great message to young readers. I think that's pretty special. Yeah. It's pretty... Your versatility is impressive. I mean... Well, I'm not afraid to fail, and I'm not afraid to try new things. I think we get comfortable in, I'm good at this, so I'm just going to do this. I have failed tremendously, uh, but I just keep on trying and amazingly enough that's kind of the ethos of elbow grease as well is it a conscious thing for you though that you want to be as diverse as possible no i just go after stuff that i enjoy like um i didn't search making a book the book people found me and their original offer was an autobiography to which wasn't a cold shoulder no it was a no but let's figure out something to do and then we sat down and spoke and checked out what the best solution would be and now we have elbow grease. And that's just one example of, of all the things that I'm trying my hand at. And some are successful and some aren't. And that's, you just have to not be afraid to fail and enjoy what you do. Maybe it's my own immaturity. I just find it amusing. You've gone from a movie called Cock Blockers yeah. to a children's book. Well, there's, and this, is, this is another thing. Like, don't get stuck in one phase. Right. Uh, you, it's so very difficult for WWE superstars to transcend WWE, which is why I apl- applaud Dwayne Johnson, because you, we do our jobs so well that society knows you for nothing else. Right. So I think taking chances like that, and I know for a fact 
there aren't too many three to seven year olds that are going to watch blockers because right. you need parental consent. Right. But it does. I don't want to alienate the adult audience. I'm a 41 year old man. Right. I have an adult sense of humor. So once again, doing what I love, telling jokes with very funny people and making a, a goof of myself. Right. Like I enjoy that. So there's no reason I shouldn't do it. And if a certain audience looks down on me or, or um, you know, I, I, I don't I, think anyone looks down on but you. But that's that's the thing. I mean, uh, why not do it all? Right, exactly. As long as I enjoy it all. Is, yeah. is, that's, my, that's my point. Yeah. Um, I think we've done a good job plugging the book. We'll plug it more, but let's uh, talk about some other things. I, I want to ask... Your show, man. Talk about what you want. Exactly. What is John Cena's status with WWE right now? I know you just did the show in Australia yeah. a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, are you on like a part-time contract, full-time? They call you when they need you. I know you're doing a movie in China. No, I think this is the best way to put it. Um, I am very conscious of how long I have been in WWE and 15 years as a fully functional performer, I believe is a time span that is in rare company. Yeah, and for sure. if you look at my story arc over the last few years, I would, um, and I, I really, I hate looking back. I like to look at the future, but this is only to put it in context. Uh, my last major event was uh, versus The Rock in New York. And since then, I've been utilized as a vehicle to try to enhance uh, new talent, which is great, but that's been going on for three or four years now. But even with the three or four years, I still have the reputation of being the one who holds back new talent. Mm -hmm. So if I'm consistently there, and it's very difficult to adapt new talent to the program because... Um, Maybe for a subliminally that they, they rely on me for certain reasons. Taking myself out of that equation puts them in a position where they have to develop new talent. And I've tried my best to enhance new talent and develop them myself. But even when I'm in the running for the United States Championship, I love what I do and try to make it the best I possibly can. So with the U.S. Open, man, that became a wonderful mm -hmm. piece of television right or hey we want you to go to wrestlemania as a fan i that was great i that's one of the that's one of the storylines i'm the most proud of yeah because it sent a message uh, basically not not my final message because i'm not done but finally you know final on the way of full-time performing where you shouldn't consider yourself too big for any role yeah and i really wanted to get that message across to the young performers and challenge myself to try to make that entertaining but you, so you you said a few seconds ago about um, a reputation for holding talent back. Mm. Do you think that you still have that reputation? Or you think that's dissipated? A I don't bit? care about the reputation right, right, I have. Right. What I care about yeah. is the performance I give. Mm -hmm. But um, the 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 easiest way to just silence that problem is take me out of the equation. Here's the crazy thing: all the people that have chastised me for staying around too long are now chastising me for not being around. Right, right, right. So also a great exercise in like, you'll never be able to please these people right. because they always need something to be cynical about. I guess that's why they're called critics. But I'm very happy now because it truly is, it, it like it's like it was in 2002 when Randy and Dave and Brock and myself and Shelton and those guys came up and everybody left. We changed the name of the company. The XFL had failed. A bunch of superstars left and now you're left with these new guys and it's like sink or swim mm -hmm. and we just happen to have a very very talented group of individuals and it was a long long swim i mean the the stock was at seven bucks for a long time right. and now the fruits of our labor have kind of shown 
and the company is bigger than it's ever been. So I'm, I'm very excited for all the superstars yeah. now. I, I hope they understand in perspective. As Randy is, is towards the end of his run, Dave's obviously having tremendous success in the movie business. He's another guy that's transcended the industry mm -hmm. that deserves uh, his just due. Um, my, my days as, as a full-timer are, are certainly numbered. And that's has nothing to do with extracurricular activities. I just, I, I can't, as, as a 41-year-old, I can't do it. If you look at anybody in my shoes, Chris Jericho had taken a break. Hogan certainly had taken a break. Um, I think the only guy that may fall into that category of not taking a break is Flair. But Austin had already been done. Rock was already well, Flair done. Flair did retire at one point. <laughs> so, I mean, people are like, well, where are you going, man? Like, right. I'm 41. Do you, but I would, I mean, I should ask you instead of assuming, but just based on, obviously, your physique and your working out. I mean, yeah. you can't feel 41. Do, or from No, I'm in, I'm in the best shape of my yeah, life. Yeah. But now as a, you know... You're young and you think you're indestructible and then you get this job and you think that like it, it is a dream come true and you never want the dream to end. Right. And I'm super grateful for, for everything that I've done. But as a 41-year-old man, uh, especially someone who's had his attitude changed about a lot of things in life, mm -hmm. one of those things is how am I going to get around when I'm 70? Right. How am I going to get around when I'm 80? Right. I can't look at 41 being like, well, I'm lucky if I make it past this year. I'm trying to do the best I can to live as healthy as I can. And I know for a fact, like that a full-time WWE schedule is a young man's game. If you if you right now at 41 had a full-time schedule, what what would take the bigger toll on you, on you? The the actual performing in the ring or the traveling? Cuz the no, travel schedule just, you guys are on would just is be uh, it would just be the amount of hours in the day. So to give you an example, at 26 or 32 I could literally just show up and go. Mm -hmm. And now uh, I have to wake up every morning and break a sweat for 20 minutes and then stretch for 35 minutes to get through a day of sitting down and doing interviews. Right. So repeat that process on a day of a performance, then go work out, then go do it before a match, and then go cool down after a match, and then add all the logistics into everything. Right. It's not that I can't go. I think that was is, the quote is, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Um, that's why That's why all the, the elder statesmen, should we say, can come back and perform at a high level once right. or twice right. or a few times. And I think that's where I fit best now because the days aren't long enough for me to do it five days a week. You end up, but when I was younger, it was easy. You show up, you perform, you move to the next one because right. you don't feel any, like you're bulletproof. Right, right. But now in taking care of myself, and I, I've, I've had a wonderful career, and my career's not over. It's, it's changing. It's evolving. But my main concern now is my overall long-term health. And it, I mean, and the, I've changed up my strength training. I don't use as much heavy weights as I used to. I still do all the same basic movements, but I'm not sitting under 270 kg for a squat. Like I'm, I don't care about that. Yeah. I care about the next 30 years of my life. What is there an injury? Is there a severe injury you've had that you still feel the effects of? Or do you no, no. Like yeah. I'm, I'm great. Yeah, great. Right. Literally, like right. I, just, I feel great. Yeah. That's that's me physically, just me time. as a spiritual person, and it's not Father Time. I wanna, I wanna wage war against right. Father Time as right. long as I can, and I don't. And it's not the wrestling. It's not the in-ring performance. It's everything. It's everything. Right. And everything that has to do with a five-day week and one day off, repeat 52 weeks a year. Um, I hate when people are like, I did my time. I'm grateful be for being able to, to be asked to do that. I'm also, and I need to say this, I am super grateful to the WWE for having understanding 
that I may need to take some time to reevaluate my life. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like, that's huge on them. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, in it's interesting to hear you say all this as we're about 13, 14 hours removed from 53 year old Shawn Michaels basically coming back as he, yeah. you know, it's, it's no, but that's, and that's, what's great about WWE. It, it is sports entertainment, right? In pure sport, if you're going to run the 100 meter at 53 years old, I'm not going to pencil you into the top three. Um, <laughs> in, in baseball, it's, a, it's the same thing, where, where the object is purely uh, fastest man wins or strongest man wins. We are entertainers. So as long as you can be entertaining, you have life. And I think that's very important because it gives guys, and, and I will say this, and you'll hear it from anyone with an opinion who's ever been out in that ring. There is no feeling like being in the ring. Absolutely. It is the best feeling in the world. And if I could do it seven days a week, and that's why I did it seven days a week for so very long. And that's why I still speak so highly of the company that I love and I will always love. And it's my family. But I just have to focus on... Now, everything you've said, I believe 100%. You're convincing. I, there's no reason not to believe everything you've said. Um, but when you say this to Vince, is Vince... Uh, just right off the bat gives you his blessing to go do your other thing and come back periodically? Or is Vince like, listen, you're John F. and Cena, we want you full-time? No, I think there's, I think there's um, certainly thoughts of that, but uh, riddle me this. So I stay full-time mm -hmm. and continue these middle-of-the-road storylines, which I've been in and proud to be in, uh, that don't necessarily move me forward or they have the general conception of not moving the talent that I'm trying to develop forward. And that's the most painful right. thing. You invest all this time and labor into this guy. And whether it's something simple, like um, the, the promos with Roman, mm -hmm. letting Roman know that there is another level to the game. And if you don't step up to that level, you don't have the right to call yourself someone at that level. That's what my job with Roman was supposed to be. Right. And the great thing about Roman was he understood that and was open to it. And you want to talk about being vulnerable, he let it all hang out out there. He got his teeth knocked in out there verbally and shot back with one of what I thought was his best performances. Right. So over the story arc of five weeks, he did learn. Right. But um, there was a great moment. And I, I asked Roman about this when he was on this podcast a few months ago. But there was a great moment in, well, not great probably for him, but for viewers it was amusing where he forgot his lines at one point and you didn't miss a beat. And, you know, encourage him to like, you know, you got to keep the, going. Trust me, those he, are those are moments where like you, we are we are entertaining the customer, the right. consumer. And if you're going and that's another thing, if you're going to say you are at a certain level, that's the worst endorsement you can give yourself because you have to be at that level. And, and fans will, especially WWE fans man, they're scrutinizing me about my haircut. Like that's, <laughs> they will get at oh. you about anything and everything. So especially if you say I'm a top level performer and perform sub top, they have every right to be like, uh, remember when you said this, it's not exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. But I believe Roman is that. And it was just my job to, to really try to bring that out of him. And I think like I said, there was some, fans like you said, up. there was some slip ups at the yeah. beginning. Fans ate that up. I though. really think towards the end, it was one of his his best yeah. emotional investments in a program that he's been in. I said this to John before we started, and I, I feel like Roman gets such a bum rap because I've interviewed him a bunch of times. He's really great on these podcasts, has a great personality. I asked him about flubbing his line; he got mad. He gave a great answer. Um, you know, I 
I think it's a little ridiculous if the WWE no, universe he, well, is no. so... Roman has it tough. Uh, keep in mind, and, and I kind of ruined this for everybody, I didn't... The, the, <laughs> the, the content, the format change did. Attitude Era was males 18 to 35. Yeah. And our program still draws uh, heavy attraction from males 18 to 35. But we're a PG program. Yeah. Which means your audience is a six-year-old. And I don't say don't cater to the 18 to 35-year-olds, but you have to understand your audience starts at six or younger. So you have to give them essentially Shrek or Cars or the Lego movie. And sometimes 18 to 35-year-old dudes don't want to watch the Lego movie. Right. So I feel like you try to push it a little bit. You have to try to push, yeah. but don't think there's not a second that goes by in my mind that our audience isn't six. Yeah. And if you watch how I perform in the ring, how I talk, even the fact like I remember losing, I remember a match with AJ Styles in Los Angeles, the crowd being so uh, for AJ and against me. And I wanted to be able to entertain the audience and the element is right in front of me. So I, the audience got to me that night. And the first thing I did in my post-match interview was apologize for losing my cool. Mm -hmm. Because I want to send that message to the six-year-old, right. but I don't want to rob the live entertainment of the experience. Right. So now you have this, we're, our, our, our audiences are so mixed, so there's never going to be a good guy that appeals to everyone. Yeah. And nowadays it doesn't matter whether it be Roman, take Roman out of the equation and put in someone else, the next guy, the next guy after them, even if it's someone who the fans endorse and then become the guy, it's a thing where like, okay, you as a company are going with this guy? No, you're not, because we get to choose. But this was your choice a little bit ago. <laughs> nope. Right. You got to remember when Roman was with the Shield, everybody loved him. Right, right. And he didn't really change much. He was very, he was soft-spoken. He didn't speak a lot. His actions spoke for him. He performs... Uh, Un incredibly well. He speaks much better now. He's much more comfortable in his role. Uh, I think his presence is phenomenal. Yet there's this giant uprising, and I think a lot of it is because you can't tell us what to like. Right. And that's okay. That's okay for a fan. It's just tough waters to navigate as a company, and it's also tough to try to build stars because even if someone has an underground sort of or an anti-establishment sort of following, eventually you become the establishment. Right. And right. then what? Right. So you can't, there's no long-term sustainability just because of the reaction of the audience. Yeah. But to me, you always just have to look at your consumer and you have to look at the analytics. People really like Roman Reigns and the numbers are there to prove it. Do you think, um, do you think you'd be at WrestleMania this year? I know you miss. I hope SummerSlam. I'm at WrestleMania every year. Yeah, I know you miss SummerSlam. For like I've been the in first China. Time. That's yeah, the only I thing. Know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people. There's a great video video of you on YouTube in China eating the food and. Uh, yeah. So I've I've literally been living there since. So give June. me like a, a little taste of your schedule here, because so you were did you go to Australia from China? No, no. So uh, I've been in Australia since June. Oh, okay. And I have a visa there that's only so many days, so you have to get out of the country to come back in. And this book was coming out, right. so they let me, because I was right up into the money on my visa, they let me come back to America. Uh, I had a few uh, sponsorship obligations with uh, some sponsors that I, was, I had to fulfill. Right. Fulfilled those, literally shot a commercial all day Thursday into the night, jumped on the 1040 to Melbourne, landed in Melbourne at uh, 9.30 in the morning, got to the hotel, got to the building, uh, broke a sweat, stretched, went out, did my thing. I was, it was a, 
a very wonderful uh, evening. I thank Bobby Lashley for for really helping me out as a teammate. I think those who saw the show understand what that means. Right. Um, and then took a plane back here, and now uh, we have a week's worth of elbow grease promotion, and then I'm back to China. Unbelievable. I appreciate this because you did the Today Show before this, and you're doing Fallon after this, and yeah, somehow a, I'm in with that. Group. And we're, pretty... we're doing a couple signings in between, yeah, yeah. and uh, so I mean, it's it's interesting times, like you said. It's uh, trying out new things. I'm living in a new country. Like I'm, I'm doing this children's book for the right. first time, so I'm I am really chasing my passion. Now, not to kiss your ass because you're here, but you've been phenomenal since the minute you've gotten here to do this podcast. Do you ever get sick of doing interviews? Do you ever? Are, no, do you ever I have think, those days I think, where you... uh, I think I'm tremendous. You do mis- a lot. That's okay. And yeah. amazingly enough, with everything that I do, I think I'm tremendously misunderstood. And because people are so used to what they see on television. What's the biggest misconception? They think that I am what they see on television. But and I think on television, you seem like a good guy or, and a funny guy and yeah, lighthearted. But, but and... once again, the perception of that is, is up to the viewer. Like the perception that uh, I, I hold talent back. Right, right, right. I never once have done that. I just go out and do my thing. Mm. But someone can look at the character John Cena and have disdain for that or disdain that I'm not performing as a bad guy. Right. And that's the root of their criticism or that uh, I don't do great maneuvers. And that hmm. takes is the guy you see and makes him, I don't like this guy. Right. They're all entitled to their opinion. But man, I wish I could sit down and break down what we do and I, I love I love talking about WWE. I'm obsessed with it, absolutely obsessed with it. And I I love talking about like embracing the uncomfortable and going after stuff that you're 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 passionate about. What question are you sick of being asked by interviewers? Not one. Not one. Not one. Not even the hair thing is getting to you anymore. No, I just got the hair. I know it's ridiculous. I just got the hair. But the atten- when I I said on Twitter yesterday, the day before, I'm interviewing John Cena. If anyone has questions, I'll try to squeeze them in. And it was all about the hair. Yeah, yeah, and that it just goes to show how. <laughs> much we cherish these ca- characters that come into our living room every week. Yeah. Because I went out, I have to grow my hair for the role. Uh, and so you're growing your hair for a role for what you're shooting in the China? The movie I'm currently filming, okay. so I cannot cut it because I still have two months right. left. All right. Uh, and I show up as John Cena, but I don't look like John Cena. All right. Um, and that made a lot of people angry, like <laughs> viscerally angry, which is really cool because, and I said this on the Today Show, uh, in doing the book tour, I'm speaking to a lot of young readers, right. and if the conversation of cyberbullying ever comes up, I literally can look at my Twitter feed and right. show them, like, hey, this is a real thing, happens to everybody. People make fun of the way I look all the time. Right. I choose to laugh at myself a little bit and, and deal with it with positivity. So I think, I th- because every day this story was changing, I think you're single right now. What do the women think of the hair? That's the question. Man, as as a as a forty one year old dude who's literally just trying so many new things in life, I'm embracing the fact that for the longest I've been insecure about uh, the way I look and my hair or whatever. That's crazy. No, it's not. It's, I know it's body not. Body dysmorphia but... is a real thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Everybody struggles with it. Yeah. Uh, I just lost twenty pounds in China, and man, did I get heat for that? Like that was the thing before the hair. Like, but the, I mean, you're gonna get heat for anything because you're just so big. I mean, it can't. Well, not not necessarily. If I don't mean I st- big size. Wise. No, I mean no. Popular. And by the way, thank you for the compliment. If I stay in my comfort zone, mm-hmm. if I continue to walk the earth in jorts, a ball cap, a t-shirt, and wave my hand in front of my face, I will hear the same critiques. Right. You only do five moves. You hold people well, back. Well, jorts are this, a little bit that. of a problem. But but <laughs> that's what that's comfortable for people. 
the only things I've been criticized about as of late are the changes I've made to myself. So I, I just encourage people out there not to listen to any of that right. BS. It, 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 I'm starting from me. You know, as celebrities in the public eye, we often want to keep that comfortability because we don't want to ruin the dream. It's probably the only good thing, I think, about getting older is that you care less about Zero what Fs to think. give. Yes. When you're, you know, when you're in your 20s, you care. You've got a lot of Fs to give. Right. When you're in your 30s, 30s it gets kind of cut in 40, half. 40, you don't give a fuck. Mm, zero Fs. Right. Zero Fs. Right. So, and, and that's, here I am at 40 with the with a, a bunch of wisdom. I wish, I, you know, I, I wish right. I could pass to a younger me. Right. But uh, that's a very important message. Just and, and I try to send this through my social channels. Be comfortable with you love yourself, and then go out and just live life. All right, since you mentioned the social channels, let me get to that. That's one of yeah, the sure, topics sure, on my sure. list here. Um, the Instagram. Yeah. You do that all or, yourself. Or the gram, as the gram, some people yeah. refer to it as. You do that all yourself. Yes. And Twitter, you do all yourself. Yes. I might have to check your phone. Some, I, celebrities, when it's that, um, what's the word? Like your Twitter is very, you know, inspirational quotes. Yes. You don't respond to anyone, which is smart. No, that's just by choice. It's not smart. I think you can engage in great conversation with people. Not on Twitter. I think not you can. when you're that big and on Twitter. It's a no, problem. I really think you can. As long as you're accountable for everything you say, just like we're having a conversation here right. that is going to go into the Twitter ethos, right. and people are going to quote us and comment on us. Right. I feel comfortable with everything I'm saying to you. I'm accountable for everything that I've said and everything I will say. So what's the difference? All right. So your Twitter is pretty straightforward. A, there's some good quotes. You had a quote about. Uh, recently, I thought it was interesting about taking time for yourself. Yeah. It's not all about just the hustle and you're realizing that now. Rest is important. Now, your Instagram is different. Yes. What's the, give me the philosophy behind the IG. You can read it in the description. It's, but it, is it, so tell me how you, what's, how you get a post. This, like, is it's going to be a, a road to nowhere, but keep talking. <laughs> how do you come up with what you put on Instagram? Is there, it that morning? Is it planned no, out? No, no. There is uh, there is meaning to everything uh, that people check out, and some of it is formulaic, and some of it has a pattern. And uh, I think those who follow it will be able to see the formulaic pattern. But no, yeah, like sometimes you'll post something timely, like something's in the news, and you'll post a a, a um, like a photo that's sort of roundabout. That's, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. No, um, I don't. No, I don't. I mean, this I, is, I post images. Images. That yeah. you can interpret as you see. Oh, yeah, Burt Reynolds. That's a straightforward, you know, Burt Pass. You posted a picture of Burt Reynolds. It's or I could have watched Smoking the Band at that time. Right. Um, but then there's just... Or a myriad of other things. But there's a lot of them I don't get because I'm not smart enough to get it. It's but. not... It, here's the thing about that. It's not about getting it. Right. It's about taking away something from it. And I think that's what's special about it. And I can't... I don't want to go into it any more than that, but I will say okay. that everything posted has meaning. And everything posted has value, and it is to the to the consumer. I think today we are hit over the head with so much hashtag, and this is what's going on, and this is what I'm trying to promote, and this is what I'm trying to prove. It's literally just take this for what it is, and, and by the way, it is whatever you make it. And you do it all yourself, all myself. Okay, I have I have some Photoshop aid right. with some of the spectacular photoshopping that's going on there. You know, you do the Photoshop, or you no, have, no, I have I have some help. I, I need help, help too with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every everything is the brainchild of John Cena. Yes. Okay. The Gram and Twitter. Do you read your mentions? Mentions. Yeah, all the time. Oh, really? Uh, that, which oh. I, that's how I told you I got killed in the hair. Right, 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 right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll have to send you a tweet, see if you reply. Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't really reply to people. Right. 
Because, well, that's what I mean. Right, right. Because it is a forum for conversation, right. and I just like to send the thought out there. Right. Um, but I think it's a great way to see how people accept your thoughts. Yeah. And, and so Instagram is used for what it is used for. Twitter is a great way for me to express. It's been a great way for me to be vulnerable with the universe and be accountable for the things that I believe. I think once you throw them out into the universe, like I feel like this. I can't wear never give up in my sleeve and then go quitting stuff right you know without trying my best <laughs> i so, agree i so. think the quote i enjoy the quotes on twitter i favorited one i think yesterday that i was when i was looking here but of course now i'm not going to be able to find it can, can i ask a question Bad. while you're looking yeah, yeah sure, go sure. Ahead, go well, ahead. because you brought up your younger self yeah 40 we're the same age yes so 41 year old john cena yes what advice would you give to your 13 12 or 13 year old self when you just whenever you start got into wrestling oh, i think i would just be keep doing what you're doing like I say, you know, I'm the wisdom that I have at 41. I'm sure I'll say the wisdom that I have at 60. I wish I could t give to my 41 year old right. self, but that wisdom is that weird gift that you have to just earn through life. You have to live life. And I've been very fortunate to be surrounded by people at an early age that allowed me to live life from going to boarding school as a teenager to never being really chastised for my personality to being involved always with diverse groups of people uh, from ethnic backgrounds, uh, social backgrounds, from financial backgrounds, um, always been in the center of wonderful team activities where nothing truly relies on the individual and it's a lot team-based and I consider WWE the same thing. Uh, even though we have individual superstars, even the, the best superstar needs a wonderful opponent to get in there and make the performance wonderful. So um, I don't know, and, and, and in, in that profession, I've had a chance to see the world and see different areas of the world and meet different people. Uh, so as a, as a 41 year old talking to my 13 year old, I would just say, just keep living, man. Just keep living. Okay, and one last one. Would you be a fan of John Cena, the wrestler? I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Because we uh, grew up in the time where you were either Hogan or Piper, you were yeah, either Junkyard so, Dog or Terry Funk, you know. It was so as a, as a young boy, I absolutely would because I was a Hogan guy. But then, and th this is why I understand, and I don't want to say I understand the audience so well, but this is why I can understand the audience's opinion. Because when I was a 19-year-old dude, I liked Steve Austin. Mm -hmm. And for all the right reasons that a 19-year-old, so that's why I understand why there's resentment from 19, 30-year-olds, maybe even as young as 14-ish, like that rebellious teenage, there's nothing about me rebellious. Nothing. And that's, that's who I am. Like, I, I'm not a true conformist, but I'm, I do not think that the system is out to get me. And my thing is, literally, and this is just the way I live my life, honesty, show up and work hard, and you will be rewarded for your hard work. I don't care what position you're in. I don't care who you work for. If you have the most nondescript uh, profession and you kick ass, someone's going to be like, man, Nice work. And repeat that process over and over again, and you will get opportunity. And it's just a matter of being brave enough to be like, okay, this is going to be scary because it's, it's not what I'm used to, but screw it. I'm going to go for it. And literally, that, like, I, I got my debut because The Undertaker was sick. <laughs> you know, that's how I got the ruthless aggression thing. And then when that failed and I was about to be fired, somebody heard me, Stephanie heard me rapping on the back of the bus and was like, hey, do you want to rap? And it, like that was embarrassing. But I was like, hell yeah, I want to do it. And not only did I do it, I went for it. 
I want to dress outlandishly. I want to look outlandishly because I could see that we were in an era of genuine, real performance. Everyone wore boots and everyone wore tights and everyone performed the same. I wasn't as skilled as those guys, but I love to entertain. And I knew if I looked different, at least that would make people go, that's the rap guy. And they did. And all I had to do was just perform at what I thought was giving everything I could night in and night out. And I haven't wavered from that philosophy at all, ever. If you show up and do good work, you'll talk to other people and be like, this person held me down. This, I, don't, I can't give you a list of people who have liked me, who have not liked me. I care about the noise that I hear when I'm, when I'm out in the pit, man, when I'm out in the ring. And all that politics BS is simply just that. We are in the, this is it, like the model of WWE is the American dream. If you go out and you get a chance to perform and everyone stands up and makes noise, you did good. One of the best pieces of advice that Shawn Michaels ever gave me, it was loud, kid. You did really good. All right. Now, hearing you say all this stuff, this is, I was always surprised, and I guess it's stupid to be surprised considering the WWE is the ultimate reality show if you think about it. Really. Yeah. But I was always surprised. Uh, I was surprised at first that you did Total Bellas, Total Divas, whatever mm -hmm. it was at the time. And then, and I was, I watched it because I was a huge John Cena fan, huge Nikki Bella fan, Daniel Bryan, Brie Bella, whatever. And I, I've said this on this podcast. I have written this for SportsIllustrated.com. You deserved an Emmy nomination for your work on that show. Now, I now I, I'm sure you're going to tell me it was a hundred percent real. But those scenes where you would say about, we're going to have coffee every morning, wine every night, don't do this in the house. Now, I don't know if that was acting, not acting, but it was brilliant. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have to believe that was not a thousand percent accurate. I don't want, you probably have like an NDA with E, but I don't know what you can say about that. What I can say is I'm glad you thought it was entertaining. It was very entertaining. Yeah. I said that man deserves an Emmy nomination, but I figured, you know, you probably can't talk too much about that. No, that's... that's you you did feel, good, kid. Co co I, they were loud. You what what were right, the kid. rules? Coffee <laughs> coffee every morning and wine before... <laughs> all right, that answers my question. That's all I wanted to know. Get John Cena an Emmy nomination for his work. I, I, wish, I wish you could see the look on John's face. He's just like, oh, I can't But remember. I'm actually not kidding. It, you have to watch the brilliant performance of John on that show. And no said, I'm, gl I'm glad you're entertained. Yes. Um... I, I was also shocked that your breakup played out so publicly, um, which maybe that's stupid considering you're two public figures. Did it ever get to a point where you said to yourself, like, I can't believe this is going on so publicly? I mean, it was, I mean, People Magazine, Entertainment Tonight, it was, the coverage was, you know, I mean, it was basically like, you know, um, Megan and Prince Harry over there. Uh, before we walked into the studio, <laughs> uh, I told you I would give you honesty. Yes. That's all you're going to get from me. Yes. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. Okay. That's fair enough. Yes. That's, I, my, that's my personal business, and I'll keep it that way. I agree. I, fair. I'm just talking about the coverage of it. Can we talk about that? Nope. No? Okay. Um, I was going to ask you if you're on dating sites. <laughs> Somebody on the street just asked me about that. Uh, TMZ caught me in the street. and uh, I had it written down. I no, no, that's cool. TMZ. That's cool because... Uh, Can, well, let's just look at this. Can John Cena even be on a dating site? I would have it's, to say it's, no. This is how people socially interact nowadays. Can I be on social media? Yes. What's the difference between social media and Bumble? Well, I, Bumblebee's coming out. <laughs> it's a great way to promote Bumblebee by being yes, on Bumble. That, that is true. Um, I just, and that once again, the stigma of trying to be perfect when you're in the public eye. Uh, 
So millions of these people flock to these social sites because they don't know how to meet people. And they realize that it's an easy way to connect. Right. If I'm trying to meet someone, why shouldn't I be able to use this interface? You should. Because who's of, saying you shouldn't? Because of what I do with for a career. Right. I don't think... Who's saying you shouldn't, though? I, I think it's general perception that if you are in the public eye right. and you go to these connection sites that everyone else uses, somehow you are of lesser value as a human being. Well, one, I love that you call it... Would you call it general connection site? This is a... People connect. Yes. I like that term. Yeah. Um... Listen, maybe the, I think that's old school thinking. I think in 2018, you would be surprised. Man. Yeah, honestly, you would be surprised. Yeah. And like, I'm I'm not currently on any dating sites, but I mean, like I, I certainly not wouldn't. even Raya. That's all celebrities. You can I be on that one. I don't even know. I, bro, I'm 41. You, right, Tinder, time. you can't do Tinder. That's you're too big for Tinder. See, see what you just said right there. <laughs> yeah. See what you just said right yeah. there. And this is the same person. Yeah. A minute ago. That said, this is 2018. No, no. There yeah, shouldn't be any perception. I, no, no. They, what I'm saying is, there are multi, I'm saying you need to find the right dating site. No, you just proved your stereotype correct. No, I think you should be on other ones. Tinder, you're, though, is... You're too big for Tinder. So, if I were to use this application, you would think negatively about me because no, right now... No, you wrong. just said... No, no. You I, just no, no, said... No, no. I wouldn't think negatively. I'm I'd be worried big. about you. I'd Why? Be, because I think the women who are on Tinder... You you want to be on like a riot, which is celebrities. That's the dating. No, site no, no. I'd like on. you to finish your thought. The women on Tinder, what? Why would you? Why would you feel worried? Well, it depends me? what you're looking for. Are you looking for a wife, or are you looking for just a casual hookup? I have no idea. Well, I, if you want a I'm, wife, I'm, you want, looking, you're not going to find a wife on Tinder. You don't know that. You don't know that. And by the way, <laughs> you having that closed-minded opinion to that form of social networking <laughs> is the reason that I can't use those apps. I disagree. No, go on Bumble, go on Hinge, go there's plenty of you, apps. You, for you literally are proving the stereotype correct. Hey, no, no, don't worry about it. There's no stereotype, I'm but don't about, do this listen, app. Listen, here's the thing. This is a weird thing because you don't know me, but I feel like I know you. I feel like I'm friends with you. I'm worried about John Cena, my friend. I don't want you on Tinder. You're be you're better than that. You completely with every <laughs> word you're saying are proving the fact that there is a stereotype that someone like me or someone in the public eye can't use these avenues of connection that millions of people find relationships Well, with. I would say this. I would even go so far as to say this. Now I'll really get you mad. I don't think you can be in a serious relationship with someone who's not famous or a celebrity. And, and How's there, that for a ridiculous and, statement? And there you have it. There you have it. You, that is... You're too big. That's ridiculous. I know you're going to say that. No, that is absolutely ridiculous. I'm, I'm talking about like a being. long term could lead to marriage relationship. That's what I think that is so. The sadness and short sightedness <laughs> of that is so. Well, that's why he wears glasses. So horrible. Like really. That and that's. It's thinking like that. That is what's wrong. I'm like, getting that's, killed. No, that's bro. That's just wrong. We're all human beings. I I'm agree. a human being. Right. I mess up like everybody else. But you have I live a like everyone else. But you have else. a lifestyle with travel and being on the road. Those are that's finding a, a, a person with similar values yeah. and beliefs. Yeah, that's what I mean. That doesn't mean I can't not find someone like that through digital information. I agree with that. And that doesn't you're misinterpreting mean, my no, concern. No, no, you're hitting me right between the eyes no. with your interpretation. I can't be with someone who's not famous. No. Why? Because they don't value or believe because the same things. Because they don't. They're not going to understand your schedule. That's totally not true. All right. That's I can totally be not true. And All I right. think you're not only are you putting uh, my position on a pedestal, but you're undercutting everyone else that isn't in the public eye, and that's a shame. All right. I'm sorry. 
I apologize. Apology accepted. Thank you. All right. Since I messed up there, <laughs> since I messed up there, let's talk about. I was hoping you were going to hit him with a chair. Uh, well, let's talk about the Make a Wish Foundation. Sure. Would that be that? That'll make up for my no, gaffe. bro. Trust me. The, no, no. I and I love an honest debate, but this is this is something nobody ever talks about, right? Because celebrities try to keep that image, and it's a lot of the problem is on 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 the celebrity themselves. Like they, well, I can't be seen doing that because it'll ruin my character. I'm a guy who can write a children's book, who can meet a kid uh, with a life-threatening illness and have a wonderful connection with their family and drink a beer out of my asshole. Right. We've seen it all. Yes. Because I don't care. Right. I just want to do stuff but that I'm said, passionate okay. about and stuff that's good. And I don't, the, the Rolodex of, but this will ruin your career, right, right. doesn't go through my mind. Like you said, at 41, I have a lot less Fs to give. Right. So when I hear stuff like, you can't do this, the question uh, the guy asked me in the street about dating sites, the same one you had. Mm. My agent is right next to me, longtime friend. I've known him for 15 years. Right. We've done a lot of great business together. Right. He turned white and started shaking his head. I'll answer every question. Right. And I'll answer it honestly, and I'll answer it directly. Right. You, you want to breach something that I don't want to talk about? My answer is, right. we're not going to talk about that. Right. I just feel that it's wrong for people to place us and or place anyone in the public eye on that level of like, right. hey, you can't do this. You're essentially not human. No, I'm human. No, no, no. I, listen, I don't want to fight with John Cena on my own podcast. I no, waited we're, two years for this debating. interview. You'll never, you'll never do an interview with me again. We're just having a but conversation. I will say this. You've said all this. You've kicked my ass. You've won the debate. Mm -mm. But you're still not on any dating websites. It's, if it was it's so, also, it's also not about winning and losing. I know. We're it's having a discussion. Yes. It's a discussion. It's a, it's that, well, that's why I don't argue with people on Twitter because people think it's a fight and it's a discussion. Yeah, it's about addressing the uncomfortable right. topic. Right, but you're still not on any of the dating sites, so that so maybe you, I'm getting crap for my belief, but you're proving me right by not being on any dating sites. Like any good person <laughs> making a decision that has to do with the future of their life, right. I am researching everything All to right. make sure that I'm making the right decision. All right, good answer. So hopefully, okay. I can find some some site of connection. Right. That fits my description. All right. Let's talk about Make-A-Wish. Yeah. When you started doing, because if you don't know, I'm sure you do, no one has, no celebrity has done more Make-A-Wishes, granted more Make-A-Wishes, I should say, than John Cena. When you started doing these, when did you, did you ever say in your head, like, I'm going to do more of these than anyone else? Or when no, did you get to the no, point? I know not, you didn't, but no. you must, but you had to have gotten to a point where someone may have had to have said to you, you know, you're about to become the guy who's doing more of these than anyone. I mean, how did it become so such a staple for you? The the only reason that the staple is publicized is to raise awareness for the charity. And it's a great charity. Um, for the longest time, I did so many of the Make-A-Wishes, and I didn't want anyone to say anything. And then WWE started publicizing its relationship with Make-A-Wish, and you could see the line move in monetary contribution. So while you publicize this, is something, this connection is private and this connection is personal. Mm -hmm. And you never want someone to feel like it's not. So that's very thin ice. But at the same time, the more awareness you bring to the charity, the more people will donate time and resources, which is how you make more wishes. Right. So the only reason you hear about a total and the only reason you hear my name connected with that total is so people can be like, I wonder what Make-A-Wish is like. And I want to find out more right. about that. And it works. But also the... I mean, we've seen videos of you with, you know, the kids and, um, you know, I, how anyone could see that and not realize what a great organization it is. And, and that's the and hope. And just you giving your time is, I mean, don't 
discount that. That's a, you know, you, your time is valuable. No, and I don't mean just time. writing a check. If you yeah, want yeah. to volunteer your time, or right. I've also donated frequent flyer miles. There's a mm. bunch of different stuff yeah. you can do to help make a wish. Yeah. And uh, everyone, every, I think everyone reaches a point where they, they gravitate towards cause. And I think everyone hopefully reaches a point in their life where philanthropy becomes important. You talk to, to anyone who, who will do a podcast and they'll probably say, well, I got this charity or I'm, I'm supporting this cause. Right. Early on, I really developed a strong connection with Make-A-Wish. And I think it's wonderful because the kids chosen, it is their wish. It's not like you're an extra thing. Like they want to meet this person or they want to go to this place and it's their one wish and that wish can provide tremendous hope and the power of hope can do some really, really cool things. So I've seen it, I've been a part of it and I think once you're a part of something in a philanthropic sense that you feel special about, you just won't stop. And I, mm -hmm. you know, having been successful at this for a long time now, I definitely could have developed my own charitable cause. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I like Make-A-Wish. I really well, like there's what they no, stand for. There's no company that does a better job with the charity stuff than WWE. I mean, they do. Connor's Cure and the Hall of Fame. They have the award now. I mean, anti-bullying and yeah, reading yeah. challenges, yeah, yeah. and 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 they really, uh, they really have become a nice cornerstone of yeah. philanthropy. I was lucky enough like, about a month ago, two months ago, I, Special Olympics as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, we did something with Dolph Ziggler. Followed him around for a day, and he was doing um, something at a school here in New York, and. It just the kids get so into it. Yeah. They get so into seeing the WWE. I think that's a wonderfully unique thing about WWE because it is this live, larger than life performance. Yeah. But these people will actually come to where you are. Do you know? It was a big deal when you got to five hundred. Do you know how many you're up to now with the no, make? I do. Yeah, yeah. It's over five hundred make a wishes, no, which uh, is pretty. Amazing. And I will as long as I'm invited. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the one thing that. I wish I could find a way to balance everything mm -hmm. because I know the uh, WWE fans' attention span is very short. Mm -hmm. And uh, the longer I stay away from the product, the easier it is to forget me. It happens with everyone. And that's the one thing. Uh, but the one thing about the WWE, I think, just as a fan, it, it does seem like everybody comes back. I mean... No, that's true. That's true. But when you're in it on a daily basis yeah. and when you're a, a regular full-time player... Uh, you have the opportunity to do more of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in, in trying to find balance for the next term of my life, that's the one thing that's that's difficult to manage. Like, how do I continue that? So I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, switching gears, this this is the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. So sure, I wanna, this should be and great. I, and I know you're a Boston Been guy. In a foreign country for four months. This yeah. conversation is going to be awesome. Well, I'm just so are you more? Are you a Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, Celtics fan? I, this is going to be rotten. Uh, I have no geographical allegiance. So you have no favorite teams? I, I enjoy teams that perform well. Right. And I don't mean, uh, like, I really enjoy the Patriots mm -hmm. uh, for the same reason I enjoy a program like Alabama. Right. To be able to perform well at an elite level year after year, regardless of setbacks, that says something about how you, how you expect people to perform for you. Like I, I just think it, the 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 dynasty that is the New York Yankees mm -hmm. is fantastic. And as a growing up in Boston, you're taught to hate the Yankees. But as a, every good good guy needs a good bad guy, what would the Boston fans do without the Yankees? Right. And I don't think it's reciprocal. I don't think the Yankees are like, what would we do without the Red Sox? 
but eh, I, a little. I mean, they are the number one rival by far. I mean, in New York, here. I mean, I'm a diehard Yankee fan, and here in New York, you know, I've always said, you know, sometimes, you know, there's this thing with the Yankees and the Mets because they're both in New York. But I know as a Yankee fan, I couldn't care less about the Mets. It's all about the Red Sox for me. The Mets are irrelevant compared to the Red Sox as and the, the fact fan. they're in the same division. Right. That, that's why it matters. Many times right. they've been at the top, kind of, yeah. you know, vying for that top spot. I, I, I love. I love sports stories, right. and and those stories in sport, I think, is what gravitates us towards. We were talking off air about like crazy instances of fandom, and mm-hmm. I think all those fan superstitions are wonderful. It's that's how deep sports resonates with us. That's how aligned we are to these organizations and how faithful we are to these teams. Give me, I'm sure you have many, but if you can, you give me one crazy fan story where I don't know someone has come to your hotel room or someone has. Tackled no. you on the street. I mean, there's uh, got to be something. No, no super crazy moments. Just uh, I'm really good about making people understand the situation. Like if people follow you into a bathroom and <laughs> want to take a picture, I will absolutely be like, we're in a bathroom. I'm about to either urinate <laughs> or urinate and defecate. <laughs> you sure you want to kind of hang out right now? All right. Because that's what you're asking. So just making people aware, I think – well, Sometimes we see people and it's like, whoa, I didn't think I would ever see that person. Right. And we lose track of time, context, or like what's going on. So no, nothing super weird. By the way, I also understand that. Um, the only times I feel bad are as if like uh, traveling back and forth to Australia, a flight I could not miss. When I'm dragging my bags to the terminal and people are like, hey, man, you got two minutes? I, I don't. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I mean. But it's, it's, I try to be as genuine as I can. You can follow me or like I don't. <laughs> right. And that, but that's different. I mean, listen, if you're in an airport and you don't have time and someone comes but up to it's you, not different. that's different than following you in a bathroom. I mean, can we, can we it, have some manners here in society? But at the same time, like a lot of times when working out, people will just, um, you know, a lot of times you feel like, a, like an exhibit. People mm-hmm. will just have their cameras on all the time and you kind of go through a little bit of an yeah, arc of acceptance. You're, you're very abrasive to it in the beginning and then you kind of realize that like, well, if those people weren't taking videos, I wouldn't be able to do my job. Right. So it just becomes the nature of the beast. And uh, in the way that I live, I, if I need privacy, I have privacy. But uh, when, you, when you're out, you're out. Now, you, you said you've lost about 20 pounds or yeah. so in China. Is that because of what you're eating? You're no, no, working out just, differently? Just working out differently. When I, when I uh, signed on for this movie with Jackie Chan, they wanted me to go over with the Jackie Chan stunt team mm-hmm. and train for about a month. Uh, and in doing that... Their main focus is flexibility, something that I'm not really skilled at. I don't know if you've seen me run before on WWE television, but it's quite awkward. So uh, at least you never fell like uh, who did that, Titus? When you uh, just jinxed me. So Uh, listen, I'm not going to lie. As much as I am a huge John Cena fan, if you ran to the ring and fell, it would be good for me because I write a column every day on Sports Illustrated. We'd have a video to put in there, and I get good traffic. So thank you. No problem. (laughs) I'm not going to intentionally do that. Uh, But no, it was just. I'm used. I was used to training a certain way, and yeah. then added about two hours to four hours of additional activity every day. So it's it's basically like, hey, I drive ten miles to work every day, and then your commute goes to sixty miles. You're going to burn more gas, right? So I just I'm doing more work. So I always like to ask athletes, especially ones in phenomenal shape, give me like a general roundabout what you eat in a day. Sure. Uh, <laughs> 240 milligrams of caffeine, 3.5 liters of water, 320 grams of protein, approximately 35 to 4,200 calories, most of it dominated by protein and fat. I would say even close to 60, 90 grams of fat with 35 grams of carbohydrates, probably 35 grams of dietary fiber, 
and every multivitamin spectrum, hopefully within the USDA guidelines. Okay. Wow. That answers that. Is that like a keto diet type of thing there with all the no, fat? No, okay. I, uh, I just, I just try to genuinely, yeah. and that's the thing, like, I don't have any secret uh, to, to performing, to uh, nutrition, to health. I work hard, mm-hmm. and I do the stuff that sucks. Every day when I stretch, it's super painful, but my body feels great afterwards, and I eat things that I enjoy, but I eat healthy things that I enjoy. We all know what's crappy, and we all know what's not crappy. Right, right. I just try to eat the not crappy stuff. Yeah, I have the opposite problem, unfortunately. Do you follow The Rock on Instagram? I, I, I follow no one on Instagram. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, You're one of or, those. Or, or the, the gram. Have you ever seen... No, no. What, by the way, elaborate. One of those. What does that mean? What do you mean? I, like, if no, please. Th- what do you mean? Throw us a bone and follow someone. Why? Enjoy the fun. Why? Or, well, fo- or follow no one. Well, here's what I was going to say. Or I, follow no one and set an example. Yeah, I guess. Interaction one of, one is of good. Those. Interaction is good. I still have tons of interaction with people on Instagram. You comment? You like reply to people? No. That's not interacting. No, it is. Look at the comments. Yeah, but you don't then respond to the comments. Doesn't, it doesn't need a response. Do you know the thrill someone would get if John Cena responded to them? The thrill would be of orgasmic length, <laughs> and then the experiment would be over. And Just that, like an orgasm. And that would be that. <laughs> uh, the reason I asked if you follow The Rock on Instagram is because he posts photos of his cheat meals. Oh, okay. And it's usually like 87 pancakes and 57 chocolate chip cookies. Loves me some pancakes, loves some cookies. Yeah. So I was wondering like the John Cena, I can't say that, John Cena cheat meal is like, if you have a cheat meal and what? Uh, I think it's, I think like once again, I know the stuff that's not good and the stuff that's good. And I think when we use the term cheat, I hate that term because it's, it kind of, it just has a negative connotation. But uh, when I decide to eat something not good, I know that it's not good. Right. I know I just can't eat But if it you're going to eat something not good, what does John Cena go for? Love baked goods. Okay. Huge ice cream fan. Yeah. Uh, like red wine. Huge red wine guy. That could be healthy, though, if you do it in moderation. That's, everything's healthy in moderation, my man. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> How, well, I mean, could you have red wine once a day, or is that not I've, moderation? I've been, known to, I've been that, known to go on a few-day run of having yeah. red wine once a day. There you go. Yeah. I've also been known to go on a long run without any wine. Right. Uh, did I read... You're not a no. That wasn't you. Someone else. Not a beer drinker. That wasn't you. That was somebody. I'm not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Me either. Yeah. Wine. Yeah, I'm a big wine guy. Yeah. Um. So over in China, I don't know if you. I mean, I'm sure you don't have. Over in China, isn't that where you are for five months? It is. Yeah. It is. I'm sure you don't have a ton of time to watch TV or movies, but um, are you doing like the Netflix thing to be entertained over there? Are you not? Keep no, up with anything. Uh, my entertainment is in being immersed in a new culture. All right. I, d- I barely watch television. Okay. If I do, I make sure it's, I just turn on the hotel TV. I watch CCTV. Uh, so it's in Chinese anyway. Um, so you're not watching any shows. John Cena's not watching, uh, whatever, Game of Thrones. Dato or... Arza, Dato Baba Shouto Arza, which is big head father, small, oh no, small head father, big head ch- children. <laughs> that's a that's, that's a popular kids popular. TV show. Oh, it's a kids TV show. Yeah. Well, I like to get uh, I like to watch kids programming because right. the language is simple. Right. So I can kind of understand it. Uh, so so no Netflix while you're in China. No, man. I'm just like it was such a great experience and it's still going on. But yeah. I also wanted to give it the most. Like I didn't want to go. Oh, this is a great chance to binge watch whatever. Mm-hmm. No, this is a great chance to be dropped in a country where I have no idea what's going on. Right. I can kind of speak, so I can kind of survive. 
Let's just see how it plays out. How many languages do you speak? Just two. Just two. Just two. And and uh, my Mandarin's about as good as my English, which is both pretty shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, I could keep going. I don't know if they have to like get you out what of here. What time is it? I mean, I could just talk about it. Well, yeah, what, yeah, keep going. What, keep, uh, I'll tell you what. We'll give, we'll give you a few more. We'll give you a few more. What I'll give you, you the old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just just say like I've had enough. What uh, would you make of your match against the Undertaker? There was a lot of uh, talk about that. Um, maybe a, man, just like the haircut. Right, right. There's talk about every time I perform. Right. And we're in a critical environment. Right. And if people aren't happy with my performance, they sure as hell can voice their opinion. I loved WrestleMania. It's one of the, like I said, it's one of the performances and lead-ups that I'm extremely proud of because of the challenge of the story. Uh, it went from literally no one believing that the WWE would put a healthy John Cena on the bench to me in the crowd at 2 p.m. drinking beers with fans. And I said, I'm going. Did you have security with you? I told them to get the hell away from me. So you were all by yourself? No, solo. they were back because okay. they didn't want to make it a liability. Okay. But I was in that section by myself, and it was awesome because WrestleMania, as you know, is long. Right, very and they, long. They opened the door at like they opened the doors at like two thirty, and they wanted to just shuffle me out there at five p.m. for a quick on camera, right, right. and then again, I said, "No, I'm a fan. Give me my ticket. I'm going to my seat. And by the way, give me a beer and some stuff to eat because I know I'm going to be out there for a long time. And when you're around the same, uh." I don't know, 600 to 1,000 people, there's that rush of like, man, the, this guy's out here now. And then after hour three, like I'm literally nudging them, they're nudging me, like, ah, did you see that? That was great. It was awesome. I hope that one day every superstar can sit in the seats and be with the fans. It was a super rewarding experience, and I, I don't think that could translate to the home viewer, but I, anyone in my section will tell you. I thought it was great. I thought it was I, very I cool. loved it. Yeah. And for what it needed to be my job in the performance was to make the undertaker look like the undertaker mm -hmm. and i believe we achieved that objective and if someone critically thinks that we should have had more time that's a better criticism than saying we should have had less time well <laughs> that's right you could have much less um what has been i don't want to ask i i, I, I want to keep things positive but someone told no, me, no 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 fire away. someone told me to ask you this what has been your least favorite storyline or feud uh, I, I, not one, not one, because even sometimes you need to work a little bit more with performers than others. Right. But I, I think the thing with me is everyone knows that when I come out, they're going to get something genuine and they don't necessarily know what I'm going to say or what other people are going to say about me. Right. And I've always let people just like, Hey, do what you want. And and to try to encourage somebody to be like, hey, this is the story I think we should tell. I think this will be interesting. To get them on the same page sometimes takes more work than other people. But once you have that agreement of like, this is the direction we're going, everyone is awesome. So I could, I could tell you that I liked this story or this story or this story. I just told you that what I'm most proud of is being a fan. Right. So right. like it's, I don't, I don't see anyone as a negative. And that's another thing that really irks me as a professional is when guys are like, ah, they're, I hate to use inside baseball, but it is Sports yeah, Illustrated. Yeah. They're booking me wrong. Right, right. Bullshit. Right. If you are given a chance, go down swinging. And I think one person who does this spectacular is The Miz. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny. It's very funny you mentioned The Miz because 
I think the best thing the WWE, from an entertainment standpoint, has done the last couple of years was the feud with Miz and Maurice, with you and Nikki, mm. when the Miz, when they did the the um, the vignettes, yeah. spoofing yes. total Bellas. Yes, uh, I had the Miz on after that, and I told him I thought that th- that's where I brought up John Cena should win an Emmy for total uh, total Bellas, which I stand by. Um, that was phenomenal. Did you have a hand in any of the stuff he did, or when you first saw it, was that the first time you were experiencing no, so, it? No, so you, you have a choice. You can either be like, bring, bring your best out there, mm. or you can, I think it works much better when people put their minds together and say, how can we make this the best we can? Right. And keep in mind, uh, there was some offensive things that I said about Miz, and, uh, and then the repercussions were the spoof. And that, the point of that story is we really had a long talk about this. And they, it was very much similar to the feud I had with Dwayne. Mm-hmm. Dwayne is on his own planet, man. He is just, an, there's no one like him. Right. So when you face Dwayne Johnson, you have to try to become equal to Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson doesn't need to become any better. And in the situation of The Miz, seeing as we'd wrestled so many times before, we kind of had to bring them up a few notches. And the spoof was the perfect thing to show that he doesn't care. And he's willing to to say whatever and right. do whatever. And it was super entertaining. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and That's what I'm saying. When you saw it, did you it expect great. it to be that good? Or were you like, oh, shit, this is good? No, I expected yeah. it to be great. Yeah. And you know what? In like the honesty that Mike had in telling me, like, this is what we think. What do you think? I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And look on his face, you, you, you sure? Yes, I think it's going to be great. And then seeing his face, like, no better, because when you talk about this weeks, months earlier, it, there's, it, those are uncomfortable conversations. Because right, right. essentially you're like, this is what I'm going to come at you. This is what you're going to come at me. So sometimes if there is a bit of animosity there, those, those conversations can be very uncomfortable. But there's, all of our performers will say the same thing. There is no better feeling than going out and knowing that you did well and the noise you did, it was really loud, you did really good. There's <laughs> like the smile on people's face yeah. and the feeling of internal happiness you can't hide. And I remember those vignettes airing and seeing Miz beaming, like at the very least, I could make someone happy and give someone the confidence that they're like, hey man, you you may be better and you may want to go at this a different way. Man. And this is how you may want to think from now on. He works his ass off and he makes even the most trivial storylines super entertaining. Yeah. That's the definition of a pro. Yeah. And a fascinating background coming from MTV's The Real World. and It doesn't matter. Well, no, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's an interesting life that I, he's I, had. I, I, he, he's yeah. had a fantastic, here we are talking about a children's book. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't matter. The right. fact is that he loves what he does yeah. and he's invested in it. I also think that it's guys get a bad rap when they come into the business. Right, not yeah, being that whole in kicked the out business. of the locker room thing I, or something. That's like that. that's just a, a different culture, and I'm so glad that that doesn't exist. That's over now. Holy hell, yes, it is. Well, give me an example. You don't talk about his case. I don't want you. But give me an what is what something what back in the day? What was something a WWE superstar could do that would get them? Heat in the locker room, or piss not, them off. Like, could, I don't know. It's it, it's it's just the culture of like we're a traveling family mm-hmm. that works really hard and makes a lot of sacrifices to be in this job. We just want to make sure that you have the same passion we do. 
So anytime someone's passion was put into question, mm -hmm. you kind of rock the boat a little bit. And nowadays, because of the way we recruit talent from NXT mm -hmm. and the development they get in NXT, you're passionate about it when you show up, right. no matter who you are. And, and the, I think the thing that's finally uh, been brought to the surface is if you're not, you don't need the locker room to get upset. You will get crucified in front of the audience. Right, right. So they know if you're authentic or if you're not. And if you're not, they'll either boo you or they'll go up and get a hot dog. <laughs> and in one essence, getting booed is, is good. Right. Going up and get a hot dog, not right. so good. Well, that's the thing that Roman has going for. I mean, that promo after WrestleMania where they booed him for 20 minutes and he said basically three words and then went back to the yep. locker room. Was, and once again, yeah. confidence. Yeah. Um, were you the first WWE superstar to have the bus to travel from city to city? No, no. Okay. There, was a, there was a few before me. Okay, okay. Uh, but in trying to, we talked about logistics and time. Yeah, yeah. Certainly not cost effective. Well, I was going to say, now that you're not a full-time superstar, where's the bus? What happens to the bus? It's getting a nice rest. A nice rest. Yeah, yeah. got a lot of miles, so yeah. we're trying to, trying to keep it under lease miles, Yeah, which means I can't <laughs> drive it another foot. So, uh, <laughs> no, but it's just, it was, I was on a quest, especially towards, I think, probably when I hit about 34. Mm. Um, you know, I just I really could, I just couldn't go like I used to. Yeah. So I was on a quest to just buy time. And even now, in, in, you know, at 41, the, the biggest investment I make every single year is on buying minutes, buying more time. Right. Yeah. Well, they always say time. You know, I, I heard um, it was a very good interview. James Corden, I don't know if you're a fan of his. He, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was on Howard Stern about a year ago and talked about how he took, has this whole thing about how time is more important than money. And I, I've always is. known it, but the way he explained it, it hit me about how the, true that is. Money can be a great vehicle to buy time. Right, right. Um, all right. Well, I've kept you long enough. I, so elbow grease, let me get back to it because that is why you're here. Appreciate We've it. covered everything in between. We have really covered everything in between. Yeah. Are you, are you happy with everything? Um, I, I feel bad that I, you know, insulted you about the dating site. Look at but this. It's okay. Making you feel guilt, which is no, awesome no. because now maybe you reevaluate your opinion on like, Hey man, do I treat celebrities unfairly? Do I treat people in the public eye unfairly? Do I treat women on Tinder unfairly because of no, no. how I view Tinder? Like, you'll go back and look at all these things. That's Listen, the cool thing about It's not this. about women. Men are animals on Tinder, too. Don't get, so I mean. do I treat men wrong on Tinder? This is, do I treat dating sites wrong? Like, all yeah. this stuff. Like, yeah. that's what's good about the conversation, man. No bad blood. I love being able to talk about this yeah. stuff. And I think the, the biggest thing is undress, uh, uh, addressing the uncomfortable situation. I thought it'd be like a funny little question because you did have this public, very public relationship that ended so but you yes know, so how does how does a 41 year old get back in the dating game oh, i, I don't know i'm trying to figure that out well at least you have a topic for like your young adult now are you now, yeah now there are you, you go. gonna rip me if i say it would be easier for a 41 year old who's john cena to get back in the dating well actually that's not true it's probably you you got a lot of issues see so look at this now see that's awesome because you were just about to stereotype <laughs> like you can't go into a bar like, Bro, it'll be great you'll be easy no wait a second no wait wait right it may be different but that goes back to why i think a celebrity is probably best for John. Once again, I just would you should choose your words can carefully. Can you go into Can you go into a bar and have a drink? Yes, you can. Yes, and but you don't tell me you don't get recognized at all. I you know? I go to dinner uh, myself a lot. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, it's one of the things that I love. But do you say give me the private room in the back, or no, do you sit right all. in the middle? I go of right room? to the bar. Right, I go right. right in the middle of everything, and right. like people are people are genuinely good. And I, I guess I'm I guess I'm a half full type of but guy. Does just, it, do you think it changes though from where you are? Like, is are some cities? Because I've had athletes tell me like in New York they can walk down the street, and no one 
cares. But if they're in LA and they walk down the street, people flock to But it. define caring. Like, okay, so this is what I want to say. Well, like we were on the street when you got here. And I saw people with the phone. The phones came out right away. People yeah, taking so, photos. So whatever, I'm out. So yeah. like when I leave the house, that, that comes. I hope, I hope that's always there. Right. Because if that's always there, that means I can still work. Yeah, yeah. But what I mean by people are good is all they really want to do is say hello. Right. And if I'm out enjoying myself, especially alone, that pretty much means that time is on my side. Right. So if you want to come over and say hi, totally cool. All right. And like that's, I think that's the thing that people don't get. Like that's why I sit at the bar mm -hmm. and not a private room mm -hmm. because I'm not an unapproachable person. Right. If I have to be somewhere or if I'm in the middle of doing something, schedule comes first. Like, hey, this is my livelihood. Right. I kind of got to attend to my livelihood. You feel like hanging around till after? No problem. Right. But genuinely going out, like that, I'm very grateful for that problem. Hey man, you have a bunch of people that know you and would like to meet you and you've affected their life in some way. Well, if you're on all day, like let's say today, for instance, you did the Today Show, you, you're doing this, you're doing the book signing. We got an event at Random House, we do Found, then right. we do a book signing after that. Elbow Grease, out today, picture book about persevering. And, and I thank you. Yourself. I thank you. And it's, you know, 10 o'clock tonight. You may want to go have a drink and, and not be bothered. No, I will. But I'll, okay. like, if I want to go. There are days you've got to be exhausted, though. And so those are the be... days that if I do want to drink in private. Right. I will stay in private. Okay. Like I have a hotel room. If right. that, if I need to shut the door, right. And that's that. Okay. I will go there. Right. If I go to a public place, I, I assume that I'm in public. All right. You want to go watch Yankees Red Sox tonight somewhere? I really want to do this book signing in Barnes and Noble. Okay. Because I really want to meet a ton right. of a ton of people that are uh, interested. in My Melbourne. feelings aren't hurt. I didn't expect. So, yes. you know, I I would, but uh, okay. schedule schedule <laughs> takes precedent. We're doing the book signing after Fallon, actually. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. so you're all doing it time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Will you watch Yankees Red Sox tonight or you no. don't care? Okay. It's not, a, it's, it's not the most important thing in yeah. my evening. The most important thing in my evening is meeting people who are fans of the book. Well, the book is Elbow Grease, and it is out now. It, what, give me the age bracket you think it's... Young readers. Yeah. Okay, so this is not exactly a, a venue to look for young readers, but I know there's a lot of family folks out there. Yeah, I know yeah. there's a lot of parents out well, there. Well, yeah, the people listening to Probably a lot of kids. uncles out yeah. there. Oh, my friend's got a kid or whatever. Yeah. It's a wonderful story that you can take a bunch of stuff away. It doesn't hit you over the head with anything special. It's about a crazy universe filled with uh, lifelike monster trucks that are fun for kids to read, and they can take away like uh, crazy definitions of the word gumption and, and elbow grease, <laughs> which is always fun. And do we know? Do we have a date on when you will be in a WWE ring again yep. on Monday? Uh, so, so I have to go back to China to film this movie. Uh, mm -hmm. I will be done the movie November twenty fifth. But they've carved out time, just like they did for Australia. I will go to Crown Jewel, okay, Saudi Arabia, uh, which is right. November second in mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia, and then uh, Bumble Me Global Promotion starts November twenty sixth. So I'll come home from Beijing on the twenty fifth, and then head back out the twenty sixth. And I believe that tour includes, if I'm not mistaken, Berlin, oh my God. UK, Korea, Hong Kong, LA, New York, Miami. So that'll probably take me up to about. The 21st when Bumblebee comes out. That's December 21st. If you want to see Bumblebee, it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I I kind of don't know what's going on. There's some there's a few things that may maybe some opportunities to come up. And if if they come up, I believe that I'm going to take them. Uh, and if if they don't happen, which always happens in the movie business, then uh, I will return home, which I'm I'm very anxious to do anyway. Are you, are you open to any role in the movie no, business? No, I just I, I so. If you're you were great in Trainwreck. 
Uh, thank you very much. If you saw any of my early stuff, I was soured on the movie business very early. Okay. And I think that was just by trying to, to appreciate and please my boss who was trying to develop a business model. So I did a lot of projects that I didn't like. I love performing live. It's mm -hmm. what I love the most. Yeah, yeah. But I've been fortunate enough to have a few movies where people are like, I liked you in that movie. Yeah. So I'm getting a lot more uh, choices on the projects that I do. I only, and making a movie isn't just making the movie. It doesn't stop when they say you're wrapped. Right. I'm doing a Promo. month's worth of promotion. Yeah. So if you don't like what you're doing, <laughs> not only is every 12 to 16 hour day going to suck, yeah. but then when they ask you to do these podcasts, yeah. it's also going to suck. Yeah. You can tell I like the book because we've been talking for 90 minutes. Yeah. So it's really important for me to like what I do. Yeah. So uh, I'm saying, would you do a serious movie role if it was? Over? I'll do anything. Okay, I'll okay. do anything. Like, yeah. and and that's because Dwayne seems very focused on like one genre. No, right but that's now. fine. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Fine. I'm just wondering. I, I, my thing is, step one, read it. Yeah. And my litmus test is if I can read it cover to cover in one sitting because I'm a slow reader, and if I can read a 120 page script in one sitting, it's like, whoa, all right, who's working on this? <laughs> and then you kind of find out the yeah. infrastructure, and you wanna, I wanna never be the smartest guy in the room, so I wanna be surrounded with great people and surround myself with a great team. And then hopefully everything lines up so you don't overlap anything and they allow you to, and then my question is always, well, can I carve out a few dates to do, uh, to go back home? Right. Like uh, carving out uh, Australia and Saudi were very important to, to me to be able to be at those shows. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a big balancing act, but it's something that I enjoy and hopefully I'll be able to, it's, it's a good first world problem to have. Yes, definitely. So. Well, I really appreciate the time. I, I'm, a, I'm very grateful for all the time you gave me for this interview. It was very lengthy. And yeah, I no appreciate problem, man. It, it took you, uh, what, two, two, three years again? Two years to get Yeah, you. so I figure we see you in another yeah. two years. Um, I, I was hoping for Bumblebee. I was going to be like, let's make it. Hopefully, we're you're, in the neighborhood. Back. Yeah. We're in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I do appreciate let's, it. I'll tell you what. Let's see how this one does. I don't know if anyone's going to listen. I think we've just been wasting airtime. I totally disagree. If you get decent traction on this, don't yeah. lie to me. I have I have people that can check your analytics. <laughs> I don't see why we couldn't conversate again. I would But if really it's a waste of both that. of our time, we all know that time is Well, the here's most the deal. You know what? I am at the point now where like even if no one listened to this, I enjoyed this. So Yeah, but in, in that me. case, let's just meet for coffee. I, I said let's go watch Yankees Red Sox tonight. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. But I just can't make it. All right, coffee then. That's fine with me. Yeah. All right. I appreciate it. All right. All right. John Cena, my new best friend. Here's the thing. I'm not I don't mean this is not an insult to you. <laughs> right. No, no. No, I gotta I gotta preface. Ladies and gentlemen, no, no. wait, wait, wait. This wait. moment of with all due respect. Wait, yeah, yeah. So like I've had, this, I've had this thing. <laughs> You're it, ahead. I, You're no, ahead. Stop. Wait, no, 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 it's okay. It's I've okay. Had this running great. running thing on Twitter. It's yep. a total gag type of thing on Twitter. Where I'm obsessed with The Rock. Okay. To the point where I got The Rock. Somehow I scammed them into following me on Twitter, which and in my Twitter bio I say The Rock follows me. Okay. The Rock is out. John Cena is my new. No, best no, no! Yes. Don't do that. Let's not do that. The Rock will never do this podcast ever. D by the way, <laughs> never say never. And I think never. you're selling yourself way short. Uh, he's a phenomenal dude. He's the hardest working guy in entertainment. Uh, he's certainly I, I'm inspired by him, like hundreds of millions of people around the world, and uh, never. Never say never. You Let me never, tell, I'll you tell never you know, man. Very, I hate, I'm going to tell you a very funny story that happened two weeks ago. Since you were in a movie called Blockers, you can appreciate this because I felt like I was blocked. So I get an email. <laughs> I get an email, and uh, it says, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's new show interview opportunity. So now the heart's racing a little bit. Yep. The blood's pumping. Yep. I open the email, and it was a very nice publicist, and it was like, hi, Jimmy. Um, 
I see you're a big fan of The Rock. I saw your Twitter that he follows you. It's very funny. Um, I have an opportunity for you. The Rock, uh, he, he's hosting this new game show on NBC. Yes. Um, we'd love for you to come down and you can interview. Now, at this point, I'm shaking. I'm like, I'm finally going to interview The Rock. And it's like, you can interview the executive producer and one of the other co-hosts. And it was just, and then I just, I just crashed. I so why didn't you be, take it? Well, no, I didn't take it because it was in L.A. I'm here in New York. Okay. I did write back and I said, um, is there an interview opportunity with Dwayne? And they wrote back and said, no. Okay. And I said, I can't go to my boss at SI. Say, can you pay you know, a couple of thousand for me to fly to L.A.? To interview the executive producer. We're about to dive into what's called a teachable moment. Ladies. I was yeah. just going to say the same thing. As somebody if, who's if been I, a producer I'm not for years, the, you I'm, take the I know, and then maybe the rock in I order to get that. to no, the no, end. It was, so, so it was literally two days before I would have had to fly out. you say, out, hey, listen, can we do it so over the phone? What have, what have we been talking about this whole time? Opportunity knocked at your door. Right. And you gave excuses on how to keep yourself comfortable. If they won't pay for the ticket, and it's something, if it's something you really want to do, if it's a life no, goal. No, but there was no interview with Dwayne. Wait. If it's a life goal to interview The Rock, and this uh, is opportunity yeah. to talk to his co-executive producer and a co-host of the show, right. I would have paid for it myself. Right. I would have been as polished as I could have been. I would have knocked the interview out of the park. Because if you don't think those two people don't talk to Dwayne right. and or their pub, uh, publicity team, you're insane. Well, here's the so thing. when they ask about like, hi, I was a guy from Sports Illustrated. Wow. Wow. Mm. He was fantastic. You don't just say, I want to play baseball and they throw you a cap for the Yankees. Mm. You have to crawl through the crap and come out clean on the other side. And if you really wanted to do this, if this is really a goal in your life, right. not like I want my boss to pay for it. If your goal <laughs> is... I want to speak to The Rock. Why wouldn't you invest in the channels to do the legwork to speak to The Rock? Because I know how this business works. I've done podcasts again, for a long time. An excuse to keep yourself No, I would not have gotten The Rock. The Rock is not doing it. You don't know that. He's never done a podcast. It ever. doesn't matter. You wouldn't have gotten him today. Plus, I knew. You wouldn't have gotten him two weeks ago. But here's the thing. I knew in my head, in two weeks, I've got John Cena. I don't need The Rock. Once again, an excuse to keep yourself comfortable. No, I, uh, I went to China the first time in 2010 and looked around and asked a question, why isn't WWE here? All I see is people. Live entertainment is at its peak. These people enjoy being entertained. And in 2010, I publicly said, I will get the WWE in China. Eight years later, and I still have failed. Failed, and I do not give up. We, won, you, yeah. we won one event a year. We have I believe there's so much room for expansion in, in licensing, in television presence, and especially in live event presence. Eight years of me working my ass off, studying the language, living over there, and I still have failed. But it is something I want to do. Well, I, and it is something why I say failed? I think it's something you just haven't accomplished it yet. You will but accomplish you know what, it. You know what? It would be easy. Oh, it just didn't work out. No, it's been eight years. Right. Eight years. Who's, who's, who's blocking that? Vince or It's not logistics? a block. It's not a block. It's just the fact that the culture has to understand what okay. we do. And I am doing everything, mm -hmm. including changing my offensive repertoire to try to involve uh, Mandarin and try to connect the two yeah, cultures yeah. because I believe in uh, the Chinese culture and their acceptance of what we do. Once we get there, I think it's going to be huge. I may go off into the sunset having failed at this goal. But I can tell you damn straight, I've done everything I possibly can. 
I took a 13-hour flight to spend nine hours on the ground in Shanghai to perform the last time we had an event there, just to take a 13-hour flight back to go back to work. And I do it again in a heartbeat. Right. Why? Because it's a goal of mine. And it's one that's not financially rewarding. I see very little of that. If the WWE becomes a success in, the, in, the, in, in China, the current generation will see financial reward from there. So it's not about money. Right. It's I said I want to do this, and I really want to do it, and I'm taking all the steps possible to do it. So when you ask yourself, oh, I want to talk to The Rock, do you really? Oh, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, you don't, because you had a chance, and then you were like, no, I'm good. No, no, I didn't have a chance. You did. I because I think. Listen, I do think there'll be a time where he's promoting a movie, and I'll be able to get him for an interview. I don't think he'll ever do a podcast. He doesn't do a podcast because I know, like, st listen, Stone Cold's asked him, he doesn't do it. Jr's asked me he doesn't do it. He's going to do those guys before he does me. He doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. He's friends with those guys. If you're listening at home, please listen to the amount of excuses. I, it's like, no, it's, it, this will never happen. John, it's not going to happen because of this. It's not going to happen okay, because of that. He, here's and I'm thinking to myself. And, and by deserve, the way, man. By the way. It may never happen. Right. But if you try your absolute best. I will try. He, no, no. If you try your absolute best over a long period of time and it still does not happen, right. then it certainly wasn't because of lack of effort on your part. Right. How did you get The Rock to follow you? It was really embarrassing. Okay. I don't How, tell oh, that's, no, it's fine. Let's, let's embrace it. Well, okay. So. I ha I have gotten many replies from The Rock on Twitter yeah. because I do write about him a okay. lot on SI.com. Okay. So in my in the back of my head, I figured he the guy knows who I am because it's Sports Illustrated. I know he respects Sports Illustrated. He was on the cover, and he's he retweeted and replied to me a, a bunch of times. Okay. So I said I, I'm gonna. It was my birthday. I said the only thing I want from my birth from my birthday is a follow from The Rock. Okay. And he was nice enough to follow me. Okay, which was a big deal. I think I deserve credit because I've been professional and mature and have not slid into his DMs and said, can we do an interview? I, I've, you know, I don't want to bother him. He's the rock. So, so I asked you how you got the rock to follow you. Yeah. And this was your response. I have covered <laughs> the rock's career multiple times. Yeah. I have written multiple articles about the rock right. to which he was uh, very happy with. Yeah. And he always admired my work and what I had to say about him. A little bit of a stretch. But. And over a long period of time, at the end of a long period of covering his career, I asked him for a favor. Right. That probably should have never happened. Right. Well, I shouldn't have asked. I mean, it's so douchey. It's not. Eh. And he granted it. I was shocked. I thought it, I didn't think he'd even see it. So I was shocked. for you not to get that it works. Right. After that, <laughs> I just don't see it. You have to. It didn't. You couldn't <laughs> not write an article and just say, "Hey, man, follow me for my birthday." You put in the time to establish a relationship. Right. You admire the dude. You certainly cover his work. You were kind with your words, and you weren't douchey with your ask, like you said. You didn't haunt him on his direct messaging. Yeah. You took as professional approach as you could. I appreciate that. But at that. the same time, embracing that embarrassing moment of like, hey, man, I really do dig you. Could you follow right. me on my birthday? It would mean the world. And he did. It was really so more if of a Twitter gig. I didn't think it would in happen. in the same yeah. amount of work yeah. to try to speak to this guy. All right, I will do that. Time under All tension, right. over a long period of time, I'm not saying it will happen, but I'm saying you're certainly going to have a better chance. Listen, I, the bottom line is this. Even, do, even though we had a little dispute about the date, The Rock's out, John Cena's no, in. No. That's it. No. John Cena's in. No. Oh, you don't want it? Now that, now I, I, no. Now I, what I don't want you to do is keep yourself in a comfortable spot no, no, and give up on something <laughs> that you actually want to do. Because I will tell you this, having talked to Dwayne a bunch of times, yeah. every time I see that dude and can sit with him, he has, he has what he says he has, electricity yeah. and energy. 
And when you sit and talk with him, you are inspired. So I don't know how he's going to change right, your right, life, right. but I know he's going to do it. And if you can talk to him and you put the time in to talk to him, you'll right. walk away going, man, that was a great experience. And if you put in a ton of time to talk to him and it doesn't work out, you will learn something from the experience. Also a value to you. I just don't think it's a waste. Right. So don't switch I've the leaderboard yet. I'm always number two in a lot of people's eyes. So keep me as a big number two. <laughs> and I'm happy there. I'm happy there. That's, right. that's, that's great. But keep that, dude. But just work towards it. If it's something you really want to do, please work toward doing it. Just do like Elbow Grease does. Never so, give up. I was going to say, the message from John Cena, never give up. How about there you go. That? Elbow great. Grease, picture book for kids. It's out. Is that another 90 it. minutes? Have we All sunk right. the ship? No, this is perfect. <laughs> I... Uh, this was awesome. Thank you so much. I actually, now I actually do have to make my exit because I yeah, think yeah. I have to do something. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to uh, do something that makes I'm, me lose I'm just gonna, time. I'm not even, I'm just going to say that wraps up this edition of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. My thanks to John Cena. Phenomenal. You can't see him. And we'll see you next week. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? The number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.